Welcome everybody to Forgotten Heroes with me, Zach and Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm very good. I am excited about today's episode. I'm I'm very pumped. I'm very I'm very hyped. <laughs> very hyped. <laughs> I'm glad you are. I am too. Uh, so listeners, I'm sure you might be might have noticed a pattern now. Um, we are doing, you know, we're gonna be doing a bit of DC for a few weeks, and then we're gonna do Marvel counterbalance it. You know, so if you're like, where's the Marvel stuff? We're getting to, we're gonna get to it. Mm-hmm. But we wanted yeah. to talk about, you know, we wanted to talk about some, you know, DC characters, and a lot of these were like the families. Yeah, we, I I think what we're finding is that it's like ideas seem to come to us in like threes and fives, especially when we're talking about like characters. So I think we've like finally sort of fallen into a schedule where, you know, we started off with like the Superman family and, you know, we're going to talk a couple about like about a few more uh, sort of like superhero oriented families in the next couple coming weeks as well. And we're going to like stick that with DC and then we move into Marvel. We're going to like pick sort of one character and like run with it from there based on like who relates to who. So it's, it's just kind of like, we're trying to keep it flowy, but we also want to give both sides enough representation. Right. And even then like Marvel, we might pick a, 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 a team and talk about the different versions of them, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. We went from Avengers to justice league to, you know, dark justice league. And, you know, here we are sort of like, in the throes of our DC sort of arc here. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll switch back over to Marvel. So don't worry, we'll get to Marvel. We just want to make sure we, we give each character, you know, their correct amount of recognition because there's lots of cool characters and we're trying to talk about as many as we can. So. You know, normally I give the spiel of the multiverse. I don't really think there's much multiverse to be had here with this, with this batch of people. Not Uh, really. No, they, they all kind of come from, they, 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 they come, I think we have like a difference of like two Earths in this one. We have Earth One and New Earth. All right. Well, Earth One came, or Earth One is now it's its own thing. Um, back then, like in the Golden Silver Age of comics, yeah, it was a, it was technically the Earth that you'd be reading about. Now it's just called Prime Earth, mm-hmm. and New Earth was. I believe pre-crisis. It was post-crisis, pre-flashpoint. Pre-flashpoint, yeah. Yeah. So we're, so we're talking about quote-unquote the same Earth, but it's like before and after a specific crisis and flashpoints events. Right. So it's it's like same, but also not really. So that's why so, we're gonna. It, it's like different versions. So right, New Earth usually is it, uh, for a lot of times when you see if you read something that says New Earth, that means the history has changed post flashpoint so after two like after 2010 2010s onward so yeah and new earth was is is after the crisis on infinite earth so after the first multiverse destruction and a lot of times new earth is just referring to characters who don't exist anymore yeah really so not a whole big deal but because everybody, every character we've mentioned has had a New Earth incarnation, but now mm. we don't follow it because Flashpoint. Yeah. So to stop procrastinating this, <laughs> this topic. Because... Don't want to get thrown into the crisis and Flashpoint timelines at the beginning of every DC episode, but. 
Right. But if you but we try to usually say to explain about the multiverse a little bit. But this episode we're not really going to get too far into it. Some things we mentioned probably don't are not important if you were to go pick up a comic about this character and other things they might still reference. So that's really it. So we spoke about the super family and then we moved on to Supergirl because she warned in her own episode because it's Supergirl. Yeah. Now we're going to go on to the Wonder Family, those related to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So these are all, you know, relatives or successors, possible, if not have been, you know, people who've taken up the name, people who can take up the name and who most likely could inherit the name. So the first one we're going to start with is Nubia. And this is for if anyone's ever been like, if somebody, and I'm getting on my soapbox, if somebody ever says, because I hate seeing this when I see cosplayers and they're cosplaying any character regardless of skin tone, Wonder Woman can't be black. False. We're talking about one of them right now. Yeah, and also go fuck yourself <laughs> because there are <laughs> like several Amazonians that are not of Caucasian descent and every single fucking one of them is rad. So like go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, don't be those people. Yeah. Don't don't so, be don't don't bring your race hate into comic books. Come on. Just don't race hate. Anyway. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, don't do it at all. Don't bring it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's a good rule of thumb. Don't be racist. So Nubia is the oldest twin daughter of Hippolyta. She's also formed from clay like Wonder Woman, but she was stolen at an early age by Ares, because Ares is a dick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he's used... going to pop up a few times in our discussion today. <laughs> and he... <laughs> you can just tell by my groan how much of a dick he is in DC. And he, he used her to take on the Amazon. So, you know, kidnapped an Amazon at when they were born. Eh, Going to use her against her people. What an asshole. So she battled Wonder Woman, but then they were evenly matched, right? But she actually got the upper hand. It was kind of tough because, yeah, so Wonder Woman, like, gets the upper hand to Nubia. And Nubia sort of, like, jumps into this situation and, like, doesn't reveal herself. Like, Wonder Woman doesn't know who she's fighting until Diana gets the upper hand on Nubia. And then she reveals that it's Nubia. And so Diana's like, oh, wait what the heck's going on? Like, what's up, sis? What are you doing here? Right. Which, what a shock to be like, oh, I'm a twin. What? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It was also, like, kept secret from her because, you know, I, Hippolyta believed that, like, she was lost and that Ares, like, essentially corrupted her to a point that she would be unrecognizable. But right. she actually, like, keeps most of her Amazonian traits, they're just like a little bit, they have a little bit more of the divine empowerment from Ares because, you know, he, she was taken from the Amazonian Island. So, mm-hmm. so she returns to the Island. So it was called Slaughter Island. Very catchy. Uh, yeah. What a, what a name. <laughs> so she told Wonder Woman that they would meet again for the one to be chosen as the true Wonder Woman. So it's either she's like, I'm going to take over your, your title, Diana. So she returned after a while because comic books are inconsistent with how time works in, in them. Yeah. She, she claimed the role after, uh, as Diana was off with the Justice League. But, you know, she ruled well, and she actually spared male warriors from Slaughter Island. 
mm-hmm. you know, a woman does not destroy life but cherish it, which is a stark difference between uh, Demascara and Slaughter Island. Oh yeah, and we're n- we're not talking. We're not going to get into po- the different origins of the Amazonians because there are some of them that I just I don't want to talk about because yeah, there there are some that are heavily steeped in magic. Like the cool thing about like Wonder not Woman even heavily that... steeped in magic. I would say like just heavily not okay in my yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, there's, we're, yeah, we're just gonna leave it at that. If you want to know about it, go right ahead, look it up. Yeah, but just, be just remember just, the you know, origins have changed researchers beware there there are plenty of things that you know comic books were created in a time that we've we've progressed to a point where comic books have been around for so long that ideologies have changed and social norms have changed so a lot of times if you look back to origin stories like base 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 bronze age origin stories and stuff like that you're going to see a lot of things that are going to make a lot of people mad today, including the two of us. So we yep. are doing our best to sort of ignore the outdated sort of aspects and ideologies and social norms of the comic books from back then and sort of appreciate the characters, um, especially if it has something to do with, you know, some sort of class or some sort of sexual orientation. We want to make sure that everybody gets their fair share and fair representation, just like we said with DC and Marvel. So, you know, just research or beware. If you want to get into it, go for it. But just beware that you're going to run into some stuff that is probably not the best. It's very dated. But yep. I wasn't even talking about the origins of Nubia. I was talking about more the origins of the Amazonians as a whole. Oh no, def- uh, yeah, no, I was too. Like, there's plenty. Okay, of them good. That are, like, because there's great. one of them. Yeah, there's one of them that makes the the late makes you know the siren mermaids look like angels. So I'm oh, not gonna yeah. get into any more of that. Back to Nubia. Little tangent. We know we do that. So Nubia ran into Supergirl when Supergirl was an honorary Amazon. I mean, hello, how could you not? You know, because she was recruited by Hippolyta to. Get a route to cure Nubia from mutated sharks poisoning. Again, kind of dated kind of stories of silliness and some of this stuff. Hmm. So she, so Nubia actually was empowered by Ares uh, because he kidnapped, you know, he kidnapped her and was just her sole patron deity. And you know, she doesn't have the other blessings of the other gods and goddesses like, uh, like people like Shazam. Or Diana would have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so... Because Diana's like, listen, yeah, I'm empowered by Athena, the goddess of war, but also the goddess of wisdom. I also have Hestia's lasso of truth and other things from Aphrodite and, and you know, Mercury and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Until so her can... origin changed and then she was just, you know, a demi, like a, a, a almost a god herself. But that just shows, like, Nubia's like, listen, I don't need all that. I can kick ass just with the strength and the war powers that I get. And she does. She hardcore right. does when she takes over the Wonder Woman mantle because Diana's just like off doing something with the Justice League. She rules well. Like she has the opportunity to take the power and corrupt it. But I think there's something about her returning to Themyscira and like finding her true roots that really brings out the Amazon in her. And Ares' influence is like significantly lessened. And therefore, I think that talks about it's like a huge character growth aspect as well, but I also think it really has to do with the environment that she's in, and I think that's why she 
spares that male warrior that you talked about who came from Slaughter Island to try and, like, corrupt her and stuff like that. Like, she beats the crap out of him, but she doesn't kill him because she's, you know, she turns the corner. She realizes that, you know, you shouldn't destroy life, but you should cherish it, especially on this island, especially in this environment. So Nubia has, like, some crazy good character growth. Oh, yeah. No, to the point that she, in in, in a possible future, in under the future state titles, she becomes the next Wonder Woman after mm-hmm. Diana and after Yara Floor, who we both, we talked about both, because, well, because Diana, her future state title was called Immortal Wonder Woman, and her time takes place at, like, the end of everything. So, first off, that just shows you Wonder Woman's immortal. <laughs> yeah. And she will outlive everybody, but also, mm-hmm. Nubia, Nubia's just badass it's like listen we are yeah we had other wonder women i don't care how long it's gonna take i will be wonder woman at some point yeah she bides her time she picks up the mantle and you know it's the i i would say that she has a lot of wisdom in her character growth she gains she gains a lot of wisdom within her longevity and i think that's what really like redeems her and makes her a very significant character a very significant Oh yeah, like, easily, easily, easily. Like there, there, there's plenty of like different directions you can go with Wonder Woman and with the Amazons, and we have. Like there's, there's plenty of versions where it can like come about and something can be, like sort of twisted magically or otherwise, and you can sort of like get a quote unquote different version of Wonder Woman. But like Nubia sort of comes from the base origins, you know, formed from the same clay as Diana and that sort of thing. So I think she has that Amazon I don't want to say purity, but so just sort of that innate Amazon mindset. And so that sort of like defines her character in a huge way. Uh, oh yeah. It, yeah. It's funny because again, so many people are probably who they're like, oh I really enjoy the Wonder Woman story. Yeah, tell me who Nubia is. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's an Amazon, right? It's like, false. Like, hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, lot, there's lots of, yeah. It's very easy to skip over those tiny details and therefore, like, sort of not give her character justice. Um, and I think that's a really good way to segue into our next one, which is Donna Troy from New Earth. So, once again, sort of a, a, a different type of situation. Earth 1, New Earth... Technically the same, but also at the same time, very different. Um, So Donna Troy is a little bit different. So she is actually a magical mirrored version of Diana, of Wonder Woman, created by... I just also want to say, I I don't don't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. While this is New Earth, she is... It's not like she doesn't exist anymore. She does. Mm -hmm. But not all of these things that chris is gonna talk about um actually you know are canon anymore like all right this happened again this is pre-flashpoint so post-flashpoint it might be a little different but also some things stay it's something they're really they suck at telling you exactly like what stays and what's still there yeah. So yeah. A, a lot of it is relied uh, relied on sort of like viewer understanding. But that being said, um, Donna Troy is significant enough that we we feel she's warranted to be included in this episode. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, 
she is a magical mirrored version of Wonder Woman created by the witch Magala for Diana to have to like essentially as a playmate to someone someone to give her social skills as a child because Diana was sort of born at a time and she was born at a sort of station even within Themyscira that her mother felt it was important for her to have somebody to consistently play with and have somebody to like consistently confide in you know other than her and sort of the warriors that surround her but an important thing to note is that while she is a magical mirrored version of Diana she has her own personality separate from Diana, right? But since she is mirrored exactly from um, Diana, OG Wonder Woman, she was mistaken for her at a young age and kidnapped by Dark Angel, who you actually find out in a later point is a counterpart of Donna Troy from Earth-7, right? So that sort of tells you about where we're about to go with Donna Troy's arc. So oh, stay boy. with me. Stay with me. She she gets captured by a future evil version of herself, right? I also, yeah, I also want to say her, her, because this is New Earth, so this is not like this is a different version. If you picked it up right now, yeah. Her real name is Donna Hinckley Stacy Troy. Yeah. Through I don't know what marriages, adoptions. Who cares? Who knows? She goes Holy through quite crap. a bit in her in her stints and teen joining at the very least, yeah. That's <laughs> but, an understatement, sir. Yeah, and so um, essentially Dark Angel discovers that she is in fact not the real Wonder Woman. Um, and due to her sort of like messing up and feeling stupid that she was tricked by this witch, um, she curses Donna Troy to a cycle of quote-unquote supposedly never-ending tragic lives. Um, and then names her Donna as a cruel joke to the countless lives that she has suffered, right? Um, the Troy pseudonym, the Troy, excuse me, the Troy surname is later added on um, when she is saved by Rhea, the goddess Rhea, which I'll get to that in just a second. Um, so this cycle of never ending, like countless sort of like tragic lives is interrupted eventually by Flash, Hippolyta, and Wonder Woman. Um, and that is disrupted much, much, much later in her life once Donna sort of, like, gets a better idea of her station and sort of, like, develops her character a little bit more, to be honest, right? In one of her lives um, that she has to deal with, she's rescued from a house fire by the goddess Rhea, who I just mentioned, who brings her to live on New Cronus, which is named after the death of Titan King Cronus. So New Cronus is after this evil Titan King has died, right? And so she's brought to Cronus to become one of the 12 Titan Seeds, which are supposed to be future godly successors to be trained by Rhea. So when the old gods die out, these seeds are supposed to sprout and bring about an age of new gods, right? And Donna is supposed to be part Uh, of that. We might have an issue with that since we literally talked about some new gods a few weeks ago. Yep, exactly. Somebody's going to file a lawsuit with you, Rhea. (laughs) <laughs> pretty sure it's gonna be jack kirby somebody's gonna copy strike right Rhea. yeah right uh, first off i love how they i do love how they mix in all these mythologies because as you're saying like you're like Rhea and Kronos. i'm like i know these people yeah one of you both of you are technically gone but that's neither here nor there yeah but it's like i love it because i thought it was funny like somebody i think had to been like all right marvel's doing norse mythology mm-hmm Fuck it, we're gonna do Greek. Because... We're gonna throw the Greek in there, yeah. Could, could you imagine if they did, and if they did like just 
Egyptian instead of the Greek pan the Greek Roman pantheon the Greco Roman oh, pantheon because like oh, oh my god. god could you imagine I mean, that it's funny that you bring up the Egyptian because that is oh good brought up in a little bit but anyways so well she becomes one of the twelve Titan seeds future godly successors right trained by Rhea the goddess who rescues her from the house fire right so after she is implanted in the scene. In the seed, excuse me, she is returned to Earth where her memories are erased about the whole sort of thing because she's rescued when she's a child and, you know, hope to sort of avoid PTSD as well as to let her sort of like grow into her own role. It's sort of erased that way that eventually someday she'll take her rightful place with the gods. Right. Um, when she first discovers her powers, she adopts the alias Wonder Girl and starts the Teen Titans of New Earth. Once again, this is post-crisis pre-flashpoint so these are different titans than what we're looking at now but she starts that version of the teen titans right there's an accident with the teen titans where a damaged android from the future kills her in an accident however she's resurrected by the titans of myth who realize that she was implanted with false memories and use her to further their own gains essentially right so she's brought back to life she's brought back to this plane of existence so that the titans of myth can use her to further their own gains when it comes to the old gods and the regime of the new gods so she's essentially brought back to be a weapon to be like a pawn um, for them to use does not go well because with her resurrection she becomes aware of all of her multiversal selves and realizes that the tragic lives curse put on her by dark angel was a different life of every Donna Troy to avoid emerging of the multiverse, right? So that Dark Angel Holy would be the last one standing. Shit. Listen, so I it, it's literally like this big yeah. mythos, like prophecy, sort of like grossness. <laughs> I listen. I pride myself on knowing a lot of combo characters. I no wonder I did not really look too much into New Earth Donna Troy because oh my god, it just the, there's a lot of sort of like. Hey. Um, God hey, plot Kang, plot. Kang, come get your time machine. I think you left it in D.C. <laughs> Holy yeah, goodness gracious. Yeah, Kang ain't got shit on Donna Troy when it comes to gods <laughs> and stuff like that. You can say that. Um, but through sort of like realizing all of this, Donna Troy defeats Dark Angel and becomes the key to the lost multiverse. So throughout all these prophecies and throughout all of her getting used by Dark Angel, by the Titans of Myth, she comes out on top. And becomes sort of like the essence of the lost multiverse. So she takes up her her she takes up her prophesized role in a sense. So right. she doesn't so, take she she hasn't joined the gods at this point, but she has reached the station of that. Right. So th when you keep saying Titans of Myth, you're talking like Kronos, like the Greek Titans, like the the, the yeah. parents of yeah. I'm, I'm talking like the big guys. I'm talking like, like sort of like Hyperion and yeah. Oceanus yeah. and yeah. okay. I probably I, just, I probably should have clarified that. Yeah, these are like the big sort of evil Greek gods essentially. You know, the ones right. who the, Dark Angel is essentially sort of like a ward for if you want to look okay. at it that way. Right. I just wanted to make sure that I mean to make sure that our listeners understood that cuz the more you saying it, I'm like the more the more to me Somebody, I could think that somebody goes, yeah, what team is this? It's yeah, like, no, yeah. It's not a team. We're talking about literal deities. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you caught that. It's very easy because, like, a lot of this stuff, like, comes very easily to, like, you and me because this is stuff that, like, we've been dealing with for a while. So I forgot about that. My apologies. Good catch, Zach. Um, yeah, we definitely got to clarify that. So all of that goes down, right? And then 
after reaching her station of key to the lost multiverse, she assumes the mantle of wonder woman for a time because Diana actually steps down, um, for what I refer to as an eat, pray, love moment. She sort of (laughs) steps down from wonder woman and is like, who is Diana Prince? What can I do with my life? And like goes to India and eats pasta in Italy and like all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, so she steps down, you know, not to disparage Eat, Pray, Love, right? I'm sure it's a great movie. Haven't seen it. Love Julia Roberts. Also love Wonder Woman. You know, you do you, girl. But at the same time, <laughs> Donna Troy is there, picks up her station, steps in as Wonder Woman, right? She ends up working with Kyle Rayner, who's a Green Lantern. Um, she ends up Lan- dating him at one... Lan- Did I say Lantern? Lantern? Yes. Green Lantern? Lantern. Listen, you're from New York, not 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 Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I threw that into the end there. <laughs> I was just in Massachusetts the other day. It's easy to get mixed up. Anyways, she works with Kyle Rayner, who's a Green Lantern. Um, she dates him for a time. It sort of breaks up, but it ends on good terms because, you know, they're both sort of adults and they realize, hey, we got to work together type thing. Um, and they actually join up together to fight the monitors. Um, that is sort of a separate sort of thing. I don't want to go too far into that because that's going to bring Didn't us into a that? whole different sort of like aspect. Yeah, we're not we're not going to talk, we're not hopping into multiverse here. I'm pretty yeah. sure if 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 it's what I'm what I think you're referring to, I believe that's untitled Countdown to 52. Yeah. That and is then, what I'm Right. And then which I I guess I don't know what that was supposed to lead into because I remember reading it a little bit and it made no sense to me. Yeah, that one's a little bit more didn't really happen. Yeah, yeah, because because the monitors are also like supposedly good guys and Donna yeah. Troy and Kyle. It's not really sure why they're fighting. Like it's very confusing. They you also, gotta, like, I think they were hanging out with Jason Todd at the time. Uh, I think he shows up briefly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that he and has that, like a, a big stint, but like yeah. I do also want to mention if anybody goes looking into this, like, what the hell is Countdown to 52? I want to tell you that when they released this, when they released that story, they did it backwards. So issue one was technically issue 52. Yeah. Yeah. So So, just be aware of that. Yeah. If you ever go look into Countdown to 52, if you're going to look for the single issues, I don't know how they did the graphic novel. I hope they did it the right way. Mm -hmm. But that's a fun fact. When they released it, they released the last issue first. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, went, they were going backwards from that. And I'm yeah. like, that is impressive and also confusing. Not the first time that would happen in DC. But anyways, Won't be the last. Uh, she ends up joining uh, a bunch of different Team Titans um, teams that sort of like form and break up and reform. She battles Deathstroke and the Titans East team. Um, and then that's when the sort of like the Jason Todd sort of arc comes in. So it's a little bit different when she's sort of like very, very briefly involved with him and Kyle when they're fighting the monitors. Um, Now it's more of like a buddy cop, buddy detective type arc. And they're trying to find the murderer of Duella Dent, who is Harley Quinn and Joker's daughter, right? They also work together to stop the invasion of Washington, D.C. by the Amazons. And that's where I'm going to leave that, right? I'm going to stop right there because that is actually a very interesting narrative arc. And I don't want to spoil anything um, her working together with not only Jason Todd, but also to um, the whole thing with DC and the Amazon sort of like, quote unquote, secretly, quote unquote, invading. Um, I really don't want to give too much of that away because there's some pretty interesting reasons for that. But I'm going to jump forward. She has a brief arc with the Black Lanterns and her long dead, now resurrected zombie family within that arc. Um, it's a pretty... 
horrific resurrection if i'm going to be honest it's it's a pretty brutal few couple of panels um she eventually ends up sort of like joining the justice league and aided heavily with the battle against prometheus where diana the original wonder woman encourages her to stay on the team she's back now she's back from india she's not eating pasta anymore back on the team kicking ass doing wonder woman things right um so that's just sort of like a nice little brief overview of donna troy i know i hit a lot um but we're gonna get a little bit more specific with our reader recommendations because i'm looking right here she has 927 appearances. So this Donna also, Troy again, is, just to reiterate, this is not current yep. Donna Troy. We are this talking about pre crisis yeah, Not Troy. even current. So this is like full on like history. Like at this point, this is quote unquote not canon, but it's good enough that we want to include it. And we want to give you guys backgrounds if you're like reading about the current Donna Troy right now, right? So it gives you a little bit of sort of comparison. We can stick it in a Venn diagram for you, right? But um, like I said, 927 appearances. So she is everywhere. So we don't want to take up too much time because she could literally have her own podcast series just on the amount of stuff that she does. Um, but yeah, so that's Donna Troy. She has additional powers um, that are a little bit different to sort of the um, Wonder Woman sort of family. Um, so she has something called Charisma. That even without the lasso of truth, it's like incredibly difficult to lie to her. Um, she just has this natural sort of charismatic tendency that um, people have stated that it's it's just impossible to try and like fog up the truth at all when you're talking to her. Um, it's just sort of what she's imbued with. It's kind of an interesting little power. And she also has a psychic link to Diana, which allows her to feel her emotions, her thoughts and her dreams. So she's got about like two different powers. The rest of it is pretty normal. She's got the Amazonian physiology, superhuman speed, strength, flight, you know, all that extra stuff. Um, but that is sort of a quick, very, very quick overview of Donna Troy. So New Earth Donna Troy. I know I keep correcting. Ooh. I know I keep throwing that in there with, with, with Chris, but it is just a good distinction because, again, if you go pick up anything involving Donna Troy now, yeah two different those are two different people it's going to be very very different but that being said the, the donna troy of current is like still new enough that you know we figured it made the most sense to just pick her up from new earth because that's where she has a lot of history and that's where she has the most involvement with a bunch of characters right so you know right uh, yeah now it's funny because because donna troy i'm not i don't want to keep talking about donna troy because otherwise we're only going to talk about two people this whole episode. Yeah. But but and this was a good pick to go New Fifty Two. I mean not New Fifty Two. I'm sorry. Pre Crisis Donna mm-hmm. Troy, because mm-hmm. that's the one with the largest history. While I, I literally I think we were we were when we were gathering our thoughts for this, I looked into the current to the current Donna Troy. A lot of a lot of information is not put up on any of like character bios and stuff because mm-hmm. she's so she's so new mm-hmm. to the point that a lot of it might look like spoilers or they just got lazy and didn't want to do that i don't know so that's why we went with new earth pre-crisis donna troy mm-hmm. yeah and once again it's with the flashpoints and the crisis there's a lot with dc that is annoying 
<laughs> I was trying to think of a better word, but yeah, essentially, it's it's it's, it's, it's a struggle to fo- which is why when people are like, yeah, I don't like to read DC because they reboot. I never tell them they're wrong. I get yeah. it. It's a struggle, but Marvel also doesn't. But when Marvel doesn't reboot, and that, but then they don't tell you really what's still in canon. It's like that's even, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's worse mm-hmm. because they're not starting over. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, we're gonna keep going. Uh, and then we'll let you know what was canon. Like as of as of this recording, Marvel's releasing something called Heroes Reborn, and I don't know what's going on there, but it's supposed to be in this little comic line. The Avengers never happened, and I'm like, okay, wh- did something happen in the Avengers comics that you're doing this little thing? Are you just doing a spinoff just to experiment? And this is a whole other Earth. Like, what's going on? And they're probably not going to tell you properly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really good that's a really good way to say and it. And if they yeah. did again, this is before I even read any of that and before it really released. So don't bite my head off when you listen to this, folks. <laughs> yeah, but, we're trying to keep we're doing we're doing our best of keeping this straight as you are. Right. And but like and see it's funny because the Wonder Family is is small in my mind compared to like the Bat family and the Super Family. Oh my god. But yeah. it's not any it's not any less interesting and diverse. No. Like we literally just talked about the twin sister of the kidnapped twin sister of Diana, and then the cl- the lack of a better term, the clone of Diana, mm-hmm. and now we get to go on to another half sister of Diana, kind yeah. of. Yeah. So yeah. Also from a. <sighs> from a, a very interesting sort of time. So we have Cassandra Sandsmark. All right. right so, so first up, also, is it Chris? Yeah. Because you're the one who did a lot of the research. This one mm-hmm. is it. Would are we talking about the current Cassandra Sandsmark, or is this New Earth Cassandra Sandsmark? So what we're talking about with this episode, at the very least, is New Earth. So this Cassandra Sandsmark existed at the same time as Donna Troy. So this and is pre-crisis. So this is pre-crisis I mean, pre- once again. Sorry, not pre-crisis. Or, oh yeah. my goodness, pre-flashpoint. pre-flashpoint. Yeah, yeah, you got me too. You said it. You you made me mess up too. <laughs> well, I, case in point, DC, stop having so many crises. <laughs> Why do you have so many existential crises, DC? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's what's worse is when they go, oh, it's pre-crisis. You've had three crises. Crises. Yeah, yeah and one of the one reasons... are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, one of the reasons that you can tell that this is New Earth is because she is the second version of Wonder Girl, with Donna Troy being the first, right? So there you go. That's how you know that we are currently working on New Earth, right? So she is the daughter of Helena Sandsmark and Zeus. So you get a little bit of a little bit of a jump there. Helena Sandsmark is just a normal sort of human being, right? And she works at the Museum of Antiquities, where is, which is where Cassandra spent a good portion of her time. And weirdly enough, where Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, also worked and spent a lot of her time. So Diana is there to protect the artifacts of old. Helena Sandsmark is there to research them. And Cassie's just kind of along for the ride at this point, right? Um, However, one day there is a doomsday clone that sort of shows up on the map and Diana starts to do battle with him. Cassandra Sandsmark. More than one doomsday on the. Yeah, uh, right. As if like one wasn't bad enough. Um, Cassandra, being the little spitfire 
rubble child that she is, decides, I'm just going to jump head on into this battle with Wonder Woman and a Doomsday clone as supposedly just a normal human child. Um, and she actually helps out Wonder Woman quite a bit. She actually takes the sandals of Hermes and the gauntlet of Atlas and aids Diana in the battle by distracting and sort of discombobulating Doomsday and like sort of helps her win, um, which her mother absolutely hates as you would because who wants a child involved in this type of conflict but cassandra just sort of jumps in head on like at this point and so from that confrontation zeus makes an appearance um and mentions that he saw great bravery in her and she sort of takes this opportunity and she asks for powers from zeus and he grants them um but while he grants them he does give her her greatest wish as it is quoted she also gives Helena Sandsmark, Cassie's mother, a way to deactivate these powers. So he throws a caveat in there. He's like, this child has real potential. She could actually do something with her powers and help people. But at the same time, she's still a kid. So this is actually like a really nice version of Zeus because he's not just like, yeah, you know, take this Mac 10 with the drum mag, go sit down in the corner and have fun. You know, it's, it's not like anything crazy like that. He's like, no, okay, here we go. We got like the fake BB pellets that you can replace with the actual bullets. That way nobody actually gets hurt type thing. Um, And so that's how that sort of whole thing shakes out. And another Amazonian, um, well, an Amazonian from a different era or a different environment named Artemis is actually assigned as Cassandra's teacher. Um, And so a little bit of history on Cassandra herself. She's changed schools five times, even before her powers. So when I say that she is a problem child, I'm not screwing around. And it's not that like she changed five times just because like her parents had to move. She changed five times because she was beating the crap out of people and causing a lot of trouble. So she's courageous, but she also has a, a bit of a tendency to cause trouble, like we said, um, which, as we know, is perfect for a superhero origin story. So she idolized Donna Troy to that extent, right, to the point where she actually wears a black wig over her blonde hair. And it like sort of for a while serves as her secret identity um she ends up joining young justice um but it was actually disbanded and demoralized after they thought that donna troy was dead with a battle with rogue superman once again another one of the times that donna troy was sort of like playing possum she was okay i promise we didn't cover that in the donna troy arc because once again it's one of the very very minute details that have to do with her huge encompassing arc so She's not dead. The team breaks up because they're demoralized because they're like, oh, man, Wonder Woman's dead. Like, what are we even doing here? Right. Um, Eventually, she ends up joining the New Titans and is gifted a lasso by Zeus, similar to the lasso of Wonder Woman, except the lasso is actually used when it's used in anger. It expels lightning. So it's sort of similar type idea of the lasso of truth, except it's a little bit more offensive, you know, fitting Cassandra's sort of archetype a little bit better. Um, She ends up saving Superboy's life after he was nearly beaten to death by Superboy Prime in a particularly violent issue. Um, After the attack on Superboy Prime, the Teen Titans fall apart. Cassie gets involved with an online cult inspired by Kryptonian culture. I'm not going to explain the goals of the cult because that is huge spoiler material right there. Also kind of a weird arc as it is. So if you want to just kind of, you know, control alt delete and sort of push that to the side. You can do that too. We wouldn't, you know, have two thoughts about that. Um, she actually ends up <laughs> temporarily rejoining the team 
the team being the Teen Titans to help defeat the Brotherhood of Evil, and then eventually rejoining permanently after the battle goes so well. Um, and she's also had a hand in public outcry against the Amazonians after trying to rescue her Amazonian family from an internment camp. That also has to do with the events of the Amazonians secretly, quote-unquote, invading, quote-unquote, Washington, D.C. So, once again, that has to do with that arc. So we get a little bit of overlap between Donna Troy and Cassandra Sandsmark. So that also makes her character a little bit dynamic and interesting, right? She's worked with Hercules. Um, it was very, very brief until it was revealed that he was actually influenced by the female Furies, who we've talked about before, right? So, oh, um, goodness, Darkseid, stay on your planet, you jerk. For real. Like, your planet's bad <laughs> enough as it is. You gotta bring your fucking fiery ass wherever you go. Like, holy <laughs> crap, dude. Um, I, but... I, like to imagine, I like to imagine somewhere in the multiverse, for some reason, they're getting they're getting our podcast, and this, and there is a dark set out there, and he's hearing us call him out. <laughs> and he's just like, Those, what the fuck? He's gonna show up on one of these episodes. Yeah, right? God damn. Hell no. <laughs> Thank you. Please? No. Um, but yeah, so it turns out that Hercules was actually under the influence of one of Bloody Mary's bites. Um, and after he is freed from that influence, he saves Cassie and takes her away from that whole sort of battle that they were working on together. However, with a name soon like after Bloody Mary, can I just assume that this, that this female fury was a vampire of some, some kind? Yeah, essentially. If, if, if okay. you want to boil it down, it's like magical vampire. That's sort of the best way to talk about it. She's very original name. Like, yeah, I'm assuming this, this is right. This is also pre pre Flashpoint, aka era, still in the 80s or something era. Oh yes. The era of silly names. The era of silly names, indeed. Right. <laughs> just, um, just asking. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, after leaving that sort of battle, she is attacked by Lycus, who is the son of Ares, who ends up stealing her empowerment that was given to her by Ares. So she loses her powers. Right. Um, and she not only takes the empowerment that was given to her by Ares, but she also takes the quote unquote empowerment and her greatest wish that was given to her by Zeus. However, soon after losing these powers, Cassie essentially takes the weighted anklets off and then wills her own <laughs> power forward and discovers that she no longer needs blessings from the gods for her true demigod power. So what we thought was just a human child being blessed by Zeus, at this point, it seems that she has some demigod capabilities. She's either had the power long enough or had it all along, and it just took her losing everything for it to make its way to the forefront, right? Um, that is so what we like to call the biz uh, a deus ex machina. Very much so. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of a really, really nice little moment, honestly. She very much sort of comes into her own and then kicks the crap out of Lycus. It's great. Um, she was briefly the leader of Teen Titans until Beast Boy returned. Um, she has had a hand in defending Titans Tower during the Blackest Night arc. That is another arc that I'm not going to explain anything because that is a sick arc. It is personally one of my favorites having to do with Cassandra Sandsmark, and it is dope. So I'm just going to say that she helped defend the Titans Tower, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Moving on. She has the same abilities as Wonder Woman. However, she started with... Zeus, which essentially kickstarts her demigod status, right? Like I said. So that's sort of where we're at with the hypothesis of her willing her powers forward. She's blessed by Zeus, kickstarts her demigod status, which is then altered by Ares, making her champion of Earth, both of which are stolen by Lycus, and then willed back to her 
better than ever from her own sort of willpower, right? And the one sort of big difference to do with Cassandra Sands' mark um, compared to all the other Wonder Woman-like powers that she has is that her physiology is similar, um, but not the same. So she was like kind of like human, quote-unquote, demigod, uh, but essentially her flesh and bone is Olympian, and therefore it makes it one and a half times as dense as human tissue. So sure. she has like a little bit more of that durability. You know, so some would say just like a, she's got like enough of a degree of durability that it, it stands out a little bit more from the rest of the Amazonians um, in addition to the rest of sort of the Wonder Woman type powers that they have. So, okay. Whew, <laughs> that's another whole sort of set of Cassandra Sandsmark right there. That is the um, pre-crisis. That is the pre-crisis version of her. So yeah, once yes. again, there is another version of Cassandra Sandsmark, but it's very, 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 very recent. So there's not a lot on it. So once again, it's sort of a similar Donna Troy type um, situation. But that being said, Cassandra's pretty dope, honestly. It's nice to see outliers of specific sort of superhero families in my mind I, I i it always makes me happy to see sort of outcasts of superhero families get their correct amount of recognition and i think that 100 percent happens with not only with donna troy but also with cassandra sandsmark right so she is from the beginning in a lot of her arcs they talk about how she is destined for nothing she's destined to just like work at a janitor at her mother's museum and like the museum of antiquities and she doesn't really take too much away from that but you know she ends up stepping up into her own and like very much picks up the mantle of wonder girl and it's and does it in her own way you know i i would say that for og fans of wonder woman cassandra's arcs usually have a little bit more drama with the team involved Usually Wonder Woman can stand a lot of the time as like a voice of reason or a voice of truth. Um, Cassandra very much takes the opposite sort of approach to that. Right. Well, she's um, still technically a, a teenager. Yeah. So she's got to deal with teenage why. drama. So yeah, you which, get which, teenage which, drama. She involves herself with a few different Titans and a few different leaguers. And yeah, if you, if, if you like the drama, go ahead and jump into her. You're going to love Cassandra Sands, Mark. If you don't really like the drama, you're still going to like her because she's involved in some very cool arcs. Right. And then, and then it's funny. Cause the, I think the reason why they made Cassandra's cause like, listen, we like wonder woman. Women love wonder woman, but it's the young teenage girls that are like, yeah, but she's an adult. So how can I relate to her? So then they made Cassie and like oh well now I can get into it so uh, this is again this is also pre pre flashpoint I almost, I caught myself pre flashpoint <laughs> Cassie yeah. so I would add for what I know about her post flashpoint it's not as drama e mm -hmm. I would say but it's you know but this is still an interesting and again we did pre flashpoint Cassie beca because she's the one with the most history yeah. Which is actually the opposite of the next person we're going to talk about, and that's Artemis. And no, I'm not talking about the Greek goddess of the hunt, but she mm. is also a character, but we're not talking about her. So the, there's also not a whole lot of – there's some similarities between her and her pre-Flashpoint version, but her 
re her new her rebirth her current version is in my opinion a lot more interesting. Mm. So Artemis is a Amazonian from I'm gonna butcher this name from Bana Migdal. Basically, in, in she's from the Egy- Egyptian Amaz- Amazon. So yes, you have Greek Amazons, you have Brazilian Amazons with Yara Flor. You have Egyptian Amazons with Artemis and her tribe, basically. So it's like, oh, the Amazons only exist on Paradise Island. Well, no. There's different tribes. You can call them that. You know, and she's often credited as one of the strongest Amazons next of her tribe. Yeah. So which is significant. To, right. So she f- went to find the bow of Ra, which is created by Ra, Hadur, that's in the name. <laughs> As a gift to the strongest warrior of the, I'm just gonna call them the Egyptian Amazons because yeah. it's a lot simpler. I, than I the, think I think you were pretty close Bana with the, the Bana Migdal. I think you're pretty close. Bana Migdal. All right. Yeah. So the strongest warrior, Bana Migdal, is supposed to get the bow of Ra. So she wanted to become the. They have a term for it, the Shimtar. Mm. Like, does sound made up. It probably is. I don't know, but that's fine. So you know. She grew up as from being a child. She wanted to be them, but she was rejected by the bow. And then, one of the Egyptian goddesses, Nib, Nepthys. I yeah. think I got it right. I don't know that if was... I'm supposed to pronounce the the th. Maybe yeah, it might be even Nip-thys. writing this one out phonetically. I had a lot of trouble pronouncing it. I think you're pretty yeah. close though. I'm gonna just say Nep- Neptis. I'm just gonna ignore yeah. the second h. So Neptis said that she's not worthy. So Artemis worked alongside her partner, Akali, um, and, you know, but then Akali disappeared one day, and Artemis went to look for her, and then she, but then uh, Akali just got teleported home from the gods, you know, so Artemis thought, oh, well, that means, Akali, that means you're the Shimtar, you know, you were blessed by them. Mm-hmm. No, not really. No, she just kind of took the bow and was able to use it. And then she, you know, when when Bonham McDowell was being attacked by the nation of Karak, to my knowledge, is not, is just uh, a stand-in for a real-world Middle Eastern country. Yeah, essentially what it's like a, the best way to describe it is it's like a warring sort of uh civilization as well karak has been trying to drive the inhabitants of banamigdal out of their home for like a while yeah, i don't know so, the exact reason why i think it it might be something as simple as territory it might have like a huge elongated backstory i'm not entirely sure so i'm sorry that i don't have the answers for that but we just know that they're trying to drive them out of their home right and to be honest i don't know if dc really explained it very well they don't yeah they i don't, I don't know think we get too much stuff. from them yeah so, you know, so Akali was was protecting their tribe with Wonder Woman, Diana Prince. And Artemis got a little jealous of Diana, but then Diana's like, no, I'm here to help because Akali is being corrupted. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Artemis had to help one Diana, you know, kill Akalia. I just realized I'm saying her name wrong. I apologize. I think Akalia. it's Akila. Is it Akila? Akalia? Akila? A K I L A. However you want to pronounce Akilah. that. Akalia. <laughs> however you want to pronounce that. 
I'm sure I've been screwing it up this whole time. <laughs> Akali, Akalia, Akila. I'm going to go with Akila. I apologize. Names can be hard sometimes. Especially so, with this one. Oh, my God. You're going to so many A's. Um, so the boa corrupted Akila. So Artemis then had to take her out. And then Artemis finds out, hey, the bowl has been stolen. Well, shit. So she has to find it. She ends up in Gotham, you know, because she heard that Black Mask has it. Then she meets Red Hood, Jason Todd, and Bizarro, and they form the Outlaws, which is funny because they had the blessing of Batman, because Batman's like, listen, you know, we have enough bats, you know, in the city. We might need some outlaws. So it's like we already got a couple of people on the side of good. We might need you and your group to be kind of in the middle of the in the gray area. And in the gray area, these people thrived. Um, let oh, me just yeah. say that. Hardcore. Searching for the bow, they actually went back to Karak. And, you know, Artemis, this is one of those, like, it's the peak of, the, of their little character arc. And obviously, shit hits the fan for Artemis. But we're not going to tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. But, Artemis, Artemis walks into a situation that she was not expecting in the slightest. No, 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 no. So, you know, and then, you know, Artemis has roughly the same kind of powers as Wonder Woman, except she doesn't really use a lasso. She actually uses uh, an, a great axe that she can summon, which is really funny because I think even Jason makes references like, yeah, I don't think that's... It's like, oh, are you supposed to be like like an Amazon? Um, yeah, don't you usually typically have a lasso and stuff? And she's like, I'm not from Themyscira. I think she be, I think she pokes fun at the Themyscarians, but yeah, I think she calls them like, like soft essentially in some yeah. in some like sort of regard because she has the axe that she's bonded to, and I think she also has a great sword that she can just sort of like conjure and just like sort of like bring out when she feels necessary. But I think typically she ends up like wielding the axe more often yeah. than not because she's like physically bonded to it. Well, not yeah. physically, but like spiritually, like it's not stuck to her body or anything. But you know what I mean? I think yeah, the sword she can just conjure. But the great axe, the battle axe is actually called Mistress, which I find, yeah. which I remember reading that. And I'm like, what are you call- who are you calling Mistress? Boom. And I was like, oh, OK, well, damn. Yeah, it's it's a very sort of like. Mjolnir Thor relationship. Oh type. Yeah, no, it's like like the sword she could just conjure out of nothing. Yeah. The axe comes flying in from wherever it is, and it's yep. and it cuts through anything in its path, and I love it. She also got the lasso of submission, mm-hmm. which was the one weapon of the counterpart of one Earth three, a Wonder Woman's Earth three, which was Superwoman, which I believe we spoke about, and then Wonder Woman renamed it the Golden Promise because I get reasons because the last submission kind of sounds a little bad it sounds nicer yeah <laughs> so uh, i like that sounds nicer whatever i'm not gonna argue i'm not gonna whatever. argue with that yeah exactly who's gonna argue with wonder woman on what <laughs> what the Amazon Woman. who's sound gonna like? argue with art i'm sorry but if it, if artemis calls her 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 battle axe mistress and it cuts through anything as it's flying to her i'm not gonna argue with you like now yeah. I don't even, you don't not. even actually have to properly wield uh, that battle axe. If I see it fly and cut through anything in its path, I'm just, no. Yeah. Artemis could also a... probably, like, literally just take both of her hands, place them on the side of my head, and just, like, crush it with no effort. So, there's yeah. that. I don't really have a lot to say about what she names her weapons. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, why would you? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, th- and again, th- there are still other people in this Wonder family. Mm-hmm. Some... We, we wanted to include, like, a couple or a few honorable mentions at the very least. Like, there's... There's plenty of people involved with these entire civilizations of people, but we just wanted to like include a few honorable mentions, which is something that we haven't really done before, just because we felt like, you know, some of these characters are, they're significant enough. They may have like under 10 appearances, but they're significant enough just in like sort of like the lore and the quote unquote canon um, that even though they're side characters, they keep returning. So they're worth mentioning. Um, but one of those is actually Grace Choi, who is a metahuman member of the Outsiders, and she has blood ties to the uh, Banamigdal, which is where Artemis is from. Um, and that's sort of like the most notable thing about her. She shows up a lot of the times to sort of aid um, Artemis or Wonder Woman, or she's in like sort of the larger scare battles. Um, she usually sort of like keeps to herself, though. Um, and then there was Orana who is from, like, way, way back. She's sort of, like, a much older version of the Wonder family, and she is a pre-crisis Amazonian who challenged and defeated Wonder Woman for the title of Wonder Woman. Um, She did defeat her, but she went on her first mission, and she didn't last very long because she was killed by a villain called Warhead. Um, So, Hence, Wonder Woman picked up the title all over again. Yeah, it's once again in that sort of age of silly names. And um, the last sort of honorable mention that we wanted to throw up is a Amazonian named Persephone, who was actually a bit of a tortured Amazonian. Um, She loses her eye in a battle against Ares, and then she ends up actually falling in love with Ares. Um, And she is finally defeated by Hippolyta in a sort of siege on Themyscira. And her last dying words is that um, she was just a woman in love, which sort of prompts Hippolyta to allow Diana to go back to the world of man as an ambassador, because due to the events of that arc, she had cut it off. Diana returned to Themyscira from the world of man, a.k.a. our world, um, not too far from the truth. And uh, Hippolyta was like, you are never to see them again. And then sort of this whole thing ensues with Persephone, and she gains a little bit more understanding and lets Diana go back as an ambassador. So... Those are the honorable mentions. Um, they show up enough that they're important to mention, but yeah. not important enough to really get a whole. Not, less not important, more not a whole lot of history to warrant them. Yeah, a whole that's spot the other thing. We just don't know a whole lot about the characters. That that's more of it. You know, we know that they they serve their purpose in their arcs for the most part, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So. With that, I guess we We're can... We're going to give you some reading recommendations. We're going to go yeah. backwards. So, Artemis. Current Artemis, Red Hood and the Outlaws, specifically under the Rebirth, Red Hood and the Outlaws. She shows up in the Trinity, Volume 2, Issues one, uh, 12, 13, and 15. And does show up in the Wonder Woman issues, uh, 50, mm-hmm. 52 to 55. So this is Wonder Woman Volume 5, so this would be like current Wonder Woman. Yeah. Sensational Wonder Woman, she, which is going on right now, I believe. She's So far she's shown up. She either showed up or will show up in in current issue runs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if, if you're going to read about Artemis, check out Red Hood and the Outlaws. That, it's oh, such God. a sick arc. It's such an I awesome love arc. Them. Love them. It's that. so good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who do we... Cassie, 
Sans Mark. Mm-hmm. This is pre-crisis, a pre-flashpoint. Damn it. DC. <laughs> Brain. All One right. more time. <laughs> this That's not getting cut out. Uh, Blackest Night. That whole thing. Just the whole Blackest Night. Just read yep. Blackest Night. Read all of it. T- <laughs> just, yeah. T- just do yourself a favor. If you're not reading it for Cassandra, for Cassandra Sans Mark, just read all of it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Every tie-in. Uh, Teen Titans Volume 3. Wonder Woman Volumes 2 and 3. The Young Justice. Uh, as Superboy Volume 4. Mm-hmm. So the Young These Justice all- and the Superboy is where it gets... Are a little bit more involved with the drama, but you still get some pretty good Cassie arcs in there. Right. Uh, Donna Troy, again, pre-Flashpoint. A lot of stuff. So count down to 52. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an action comics, adventure comics. Uh, it is a crisis on infinite earths, but that you don't have to read that, to be honest. It's <laughs> It can be confusing for those yeah. not... With a with a PhD in comics. <laughs> yep. Donna Donna's whole arc can sort of fall oh, into that sort of God. category uh, as well. <laughs> yep. Blackest Night again. The Brave and the Bold and Dark Stars. Mm-hmm. These yeah, are all pre-Flashpoint, by the way. Yeah, and we're not getting specific with the issues. We're we're kind of generalizing it at the very least with Donna Troy because she's literally everywhere. She's all over the place. So those yeah, are sort that, of like the big sort of events and or arcs that you should check out that we, that we think you should check out. Right. That was kind of the era of, I am the wonder, I'm either wonder girl or I am, or she was wonder woman, you know? So when she took over the Diana's spot as wonder woman for a time, you want to read about Nubia wonder woman volume one. This is going way back, mm-hmm. you know, issues two Oh four, two Oh five. 206 and Supergirl Volume 1 Issue 9. Nubia yeah. does make an appearance in uh, kind of the back of Future State Immortal Wonder Woman. Uh, and she also, I believe, has her own little DC icon uh, kind of young adult uh, graphic novel. Oh, does she really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, it's very nice. And I, I, I was, it's very nice for that because I was like, because to be honest, when they're like, oh, we're making a Wonder Woman one. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, ugh. Another Wonder yeah. Woman thing? Another yeah. Diana? It's like, no, Nubia. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Nubia, her her volume one um, might be tough to find just because she is very much like an OG. So um, it, it might be best to look for her source, her stuff sort of digitally. That might be yep. the best way to sort of go about that if you're really interested in reading about Nubia. But she does have some more recent incarnations that you can find as well. Yes. So she's around. So that is the Wonder Family. And poof, I know we threw a lot of information at you guys. Um, but I think I'm actually, oh, after we stop this recording, I think I'm going to use my divine empowerment to take some Advil for this <laughs> headache that I have. <laughs> And we only talked about four characters. And we only talked about four. Yeah, we talked about four huge ones. That's why. They're all-encompassing and all over the place. Oh, goodness. Well, join us next week for another episode. I believe we might be Batman-related, might not be. We're not sure, but it definitely will be DC. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned.